Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Dynamics Podcast. God is a spirit, and you are a spirit who is living in a body that is trapped in a three-dimensional world, limited by time and space. But your spirit man, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions will live forever. One day, you are going to see God. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the king of the kingdom of God, which is a government. It is a city. It is a country that will never end. Heaven will end. Earth will end. But his words will never pass away. We have the amazing privilege to not only know God through Jesus Christ, but to be as God on the earth. We are the image of God, and we have got to be born again by the Holy Spirit. We return to the original image of God, and we begin to proclaim the kingdom has arrived. Hey, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I'm Jonathan, and I've been doing this for over five years now, I made a decision as a Christian, a born-again Christian, who was never looking for God, but God arrested me on the side of the road. I was radically changed. I then led my family members to Christ and uh, a whole bunch of my friends. And then I got institutionalized. I became uh, a pastor of a church, I became a leader, um, I I got married to the pastor's daughter, and then things started to unravel for me a little bit. I had a business and, and that went really well, and then I, I closed it down and tried a few other things, and, and it wasn't really working. And what I think really happened was was I was lukewarm. You know, I had a form of godliness that denied its power. I knew that God was real, but I was living off past experiences. And and it was when I made a decision, you know, I wasn't going to wait for God. He, I realized that he'd already done everything, that he was good, and that, that I believed him. And my circumstances were not obeying the word of God and I needed to change. So I began to pray in tongues as a spirit-led Christian. I started to pray in tongues, choosing to pray in tongues. And I began to seek first the kingdom. What is the kingdom? What is a kingdom? How do you seek it first? And I found that every word of Jesus Christ is true. He said, to he who has more will be given and he will have an abundance. But to he who doesn't have, even what little he has will be taken away. I found that that God gave me so much revelation on the kingdom of God that the people around me didn't even understand what I was talking about because they, they were lukewarm. And I found that when you give your life to Christ, 
when you seek first the kingdom, you will catch on fire. And the problem with being on fire is everything around you catches on fire too. You cannot be lukewarm. And no one around you can be lukewarm. They have to change. Either either, either you are going to change or they are going to change. That is what crucified Christ in the end ultimately was that he would not change. He told Pilate that he was the son of God. He told him that he was a king. He told people that he was the son of God. He'd never compromise and he was crucified for righteousness. He was punished for our transgressions. He did nothing wrong. We we didn't deserve him. The world was not worthy of him. That that wood was not worthy of him. But he took that punishment upon himself. And this is the question for you today. Is God enough? Or do you need religion? Is God enough? Or do you need recognition? Because I'm saying to you, what what if it's enough to be a son or a daughter of God? And that's what he's teaching me at the moment. He, he's saying, I am taking pleasure in watching you grow. I'm taking pleasure in in being your father. And and I take pleasure when I see my kids whether they're striving or failing or succeeding, I take pleasure. I I enjoy them. I enjoy them as a person. I don't enjoy their performance. And you and I've got to realize that we can give nothing to God. We have no righteousness of our own. Our own righteousness is as a filthy rag. We approach God based on His righteousness. We, When I come to God, I'm presenting Christ and everything that He did and everything that He is, and God accepts that as the offering for sin. My rela- I can run to God. I can approach the throne of grace with confidence. I get my prayers answered, not because I've been a good boy, but because he has been perfect. Jesus said to be perfect as your father is perfect. So the Christian life is easy when you die. It's easy when you give up. It's easy when you realize that that the kingdom has been given to you as a free gift. The Holy Spirit has been given to you as a free gift. The keys of the kingdom are all about access to the kingdom. A key gives you access. A key gives you authority. A key gives you ownership. A key gives you permission. And you have all of those things wrapped up in Christ Jesus. You can unlock the will of God today. You can unlock the kingdom. There's nothing between you and the kingdom coming. There's nothing between you and provision. There's nothing between you and healing. There's nothing between you and and seeing other people's prayers answered as, as you become a medium of exchange. God is looking for a man to live through. He wants to reach this earth. He he wants to help people. He can't help them because he doesn't have a body. He is seated in heavenly places and so are you, but your body is still on the earth and he needs you 
to move. He can't touch that old lady. He can't feed that hungry person. He can't clothe that that naked person unless you agree with him. I said it, unless you agree with him. So you need to know the will of God and you need to do it. As James said, faith without works is dead. And Jesus said the disciples that he knew who came into his father's happiness, they were the ones that clothed the naked, fed the hungry, visited him in prison. Every person you meet has a need and you have been authorized to meet that need. The problem is we get in the way. We don't understand the kingdom. We don't seek first the kingdom. We think it's our life. We try to defend our own rights. We try to get our own needs met, not realizing that when he gave us the kingdom, he gave us everything. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness means you are as righteous as God is righteous. Peace means that no matter what situation you're in, you can have supernatural perfect peace. You can have joy, unspeakable and full of glory, which empowers you and entitles you to help other people. You can stop praying for yourself, stop worrying about what you will eat or drink or wear, because you have received the kingdom. And it's one stone that kills every bird. It's one one golden egg that that provides for everything you'll ever need is the kingdom. Once you have the kingdom, you don't need healing because you've got it. Once you have the kingdom, you don't need money because you've got provision. Once you have the kingdom, you don't need another encounter with God because you are an encounter with God. Listen, it's time to open up the gates. It's time to expand the kingdom. It's time to preach the gospel. It's time to access those rooms and realms with the keys that you've already been given. Praise is a key because his throne inhabits our praises. So if you want his throne to come down, then you use the key of praise. You you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So all of those prayers that you've prayed, they are trapped up in heaven until you praise. You know, Paul said, lift up holy hands, sing hymns and songs to God. There's a reason we clap our hands. There's a reason we sing. There's a reason we praise. There's Everything has a reason because it is a description of the kingdom. You might have prayers that you've prayed and you haven't had an answer because those prayers are heavy laden in the canopy of heaven like a like an umbrella like that's going to burst. But you, God is waiting for you, who he gave the keys to, to praise. Because in heaven there's lightning and thunders and billows of smoke and God said, I want it to be on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven it's loud. In heaven there's praise, there's an eternity of praise, there's hallelujahs and holies and holy, 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 and wheels with eyes within the wheels, and smoke and lightning and thunder. And 
his enemies are defeated when he opens his mouth, the breath of his mouth. So as you begin to live on earth as it is in heaven, as you begin to praise, as you begin to worship, as you begin to open up your gates on earth, heaven will come down. Everything has been established. The Bible says that the throne is on a foundation of righteousness and justice. So don't expect to have your prayers answered if you're not living right. You can't, you know, the Bible says if if you're a husband and you have you have a bad relationship with your wife, your prayers won't be answered. Jesus said if you have a gift for God, but you have your brother has something against you, go and reconcile with your brother. In other words, don't try and pray to God while you have a bad relationship. You have got to fix your relationships with people. This is a spiritual key. You will not be forgiven if you don't forgive others. So it has become time to obey the Word of God. The Word of God is to love God and to love people. Simple. If you do that, you've fulfilled the law. It's not complicated. Don't exacerbate your children. Don't spend too much time apart from your wife. Don't don't have a bad relationship with her. Don't carry offense in your heart. Don't carry unforgiveness in your heart. You have got to make it right with other people and with God if you want your prayers to be answered. Don't bother praising and praying if you haven't if you're not righteous. Now, yes, our righteousness is a free gift and we receive it by faith and it's by grace and it's by faith in the Son of God, but but he requires that you live right. He said, "Go and sin no more." John said, if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just. So this isn't about technicalities and legalism. This is about the throne is built on a righteous foundation and justice. You know, are you paying your taxes? Are you doing the right thing? Some of you, God's been whispering to you about little things like tying your shoelaces you would be surprised if you would obey the Holy Spirit in tying your shoelaces, making your bed, paying your taxes, not speeding. These are things that he is looking at. You will find that heaven is open and comes down because you begin to live right. There's a reason he only took those three up the mountain. He didn't take the other nine disciples. Okay, it's relationship and it's authority. And I'm going to do another great episode today on the Kingdom News Network on authority. I hope you watch it and share it. It's designed for new Christians and non-Christians to really hear the gospel of the kingdom in the context of current world events without covering them, because I, I couldn't care less about the news. As I always say, Jesus never spoke against Pilate or against Rome, even though his country had been taken over by a genocidal foreign totalitarian evil empire. Paul never complained about Rome. In fact, he honored Festus. He honored King Agrippa. He 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 gave them embellished compliments. And and he preached the good news of the kingdom of God. So today 
I want to bless you in the name of Jesus. You're doing better than you think. It feels really bad down here because we have been separated from our Father. We've been separated from our kingdom. We've been separated from, from the realm. There are angels around you, but you can't interact with them in the way that you need. You know, there are there are demonic spirits that are continually harassing you through the media, the the radiation from technology, the the the, the products that they put in the air and in the food and in our medications, these things make it difficult. We were never meant to die. We were never meant to be apart from our father. And you are alone down here. And that's why he sent his Holy Spirit. So you have got to transcend this realm. You've got to get over the dark canopy and go above to the third heaven. You've got to get above your own thoughts. You've got to get above the media. There is a broadcasting spirit. What did Goliath say? Every day he came out and he broadcasted. That's the demonic spirit of the media. It's a soothsaying demon. It is a broadcast over the whole earth of fear. You know, I'm going to feed you to the birds. I'm going to, I'm going to cut your head off and all that stuff. And then King David said, said, I come against you in the name of the Most High God. How dare you speak against us? How dare you speak against Israel? I'm going to kill you and cut your head off. We've got to prophesy the truth over those demonic, you know, broadcasts in Jesus' name, over those lying spirits. We have got to praise Jesus and lift our praise and our voices high and lift our hands in the air. And it's not about yelling louder and it's not about telling other people. It's a spiritual act. You've got to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of your testimony. In Jesus' name. Love you lots. And uh, tune in to the Kingdom News Network on YouTube and Odyssey and BitChute and Rumble and all of those places. Bye for now. Have a great day. Good morning. Are we there yet? <laughs> We are traveling on this on this this planet, which is rotating, and it, and at the same time, it's it's following a circuit around the sun. the The Earth is actually traveling at tens of thousands of kilometers per second around around the Earth. Sorry, around the sun. And then, on top of that, our solar system, the sun, and all of the planets are traveling through the galaxy at, at hundreds of thousands of kilometers per second. And on top of that, our galaxy is traveling through the universe. In fact, galaxies are also in an orbit around other super galaxies and if you, the point, the point is, if you actually invented time travel, even if you went back in time one minute, you would find it impossible to locate yourself. <laughs> Get it? Even if you went back in time, you would find it impossible to go back in space. 
how would you pinpoint the location of, of Earth, let alone a person? How would you travel back in time to a location that had any, any oxygen to breathe? There's nowhere else. God created the heavens and the earth for man. It's not just the distance from the sun, the angle of the earth's axis. It is everything in this universe was designed for the one purpose of sustaining life on earth so that man could extend heaven to earth. Earth is literally a photocopy of heaven and man is literally a a photocopy of God, a copy, a copy of God. God said that. He said, he said, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. Jesus said the same thing. He said, the Father and I am his exact image. Hebrews said, Jesus Christ is the exact image of the Father. And then Jesus Christ said that we are just like him. And then Paul said the Holy Spirit is transforming us into his image. It's all about image. It's all about image. We are not like the, the angels. We are not like the, the animals. We are totally different. If you are born again, you have become exactly like father and that's very difficult for religion to understand but you look like Christ I mean doesn't the Bible say that you are the body of Christ doesn't the Bible say that you are seated in heavenly places that you will judge the angels I mean <laughs> how can how can man forgive sin? But that is what you and I have been told to do. Jesus told you to forgive or to retain. He said, if you forgive their sins, they're forgiven. He said, it's going to be worse for people who reject you than Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what he said. If people reject you, they reject him because you are his image and if people reject him they reject the father because he is the image of the father I know it's so challenging for you but it's challenging for me to change that's why we need to repent repentance is the greatest gift I need to change because God is so much more than I can comprehend and I'm like Paul. I just say, you know what? I don't know anything. I know nothing but Christ crucified. What I'm really saying, and I believe Paul is the same, is that in my spirit, I know everything. In my spirit, I feel the weight of glory. The weight of glory is that Christ would arise and shine through me. But in my mind, I'm, I don't know anything. I don't even know what to pray as I ought. But I allow the Holy Spirit through my spirit man. See, this is the secret. You don't start in the flesh. You, you will never achieve anything in the flesh. You've got to begin each day. You've got to begin each prayer. You've got to begin 
every conversation, even the conversations you have with yourself, it all has to begin from deep inside your spirit because the Christ in you is the hope of glory. There is no hope for you to achieve glory in the flesh. There is no hope for you to achieve glory in your own effort, in your own understanding. We lean not on our own understanding. You see, everything in the Bible begins to make sense when you repent. Father, we want to thank you for the kingdom of God that Jesus preached. I ask for the kingdom of God. I don't want anything else. I don't need anything else. I don't need money. I don't need healing. I need Jesus Christ and I need the kingdom. And when I have the kingdom, I have everything else as well. And I pray, God, that you would give these people the kingdom, that you would love them enough, not that I need to ask, but that you would change them into the image of Christ, that they would be changed. Lord, I release angels to challenge them, to, to move them to a position where they can receive. Because, guys, it's all for free. It's absolutely a free gift. It's our own inability to receive. Those religious people, those, those Pharisees, the rich young ruler, they could have entered the kingdom like the man on the cross who went to paradise, but they couldn't receive him. We are used to a diet of lukewarm Christianity, religion and politics, the very things that Jesus Christ said he would vomit out of his mouth, the very things that he warned us to, to avoid. Beware the yeast of the Pharisees, beware the yeast of Herod. Our, our churches where we were born again are in a tight spot because they have not heeded the word of their king to beware. We have got to, to remove politics and religion. If I went into your church and I found a book on leadership, I would burn it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is, it is, it is, I believe Paul would say that leadership is a doctrine of demons. Okay? That doesn't mean that, that every book that a nice loving pastor wrote about leadership is means that that pastor is a wolf but but the bible says that men are taken captive by the devil to do his will it's not the will of these leaders max you know lucardo i know he, i can't remember the name but these people who write these books have been taken over by satan and they do not know they might very well most likely go to heaven but they will be very surprised that they were taken captive by the devil to do his will. The church is immature because we have not done the very basic, basic, basic Christianity. Paul says in Hebrews that we, we lay hands on we, 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 the elementary teachings, the basics. We're not even doing those. But I believe we're even worse than that than that. Because we don't even understand the kingdom kingdom is zero. If Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable about the kingdom, then how will you understand any other parable? He said, even what you have will be taken away. That the basic beginning of kingdom of Christianity is, is understanding that parable of the kingdom. It's not understanding the parable, it's understanding the kingdom. Because the parable said that the, that the sower is, is Jesus and that the word is the kingdom. 
Jesus did not sow a religion. He did not sow a, a message on salvation. Jesus did not sow, in a sense, a message about telling people about himself. If you read what he said, he said, he said, go, go into the, into the neighboring villages two by two, 72, and, and this is the message, the kingdom has come. He didn't send them two by two, 72, into the neighboring villages to tell them about Jesus. I'm just telling you that what the Bible says. I'm telling you the truth. But you are so religious that you are so religious that that you cannot hardly handle the truth. Let let the truth change you. Let the sword of the spirit cut you today. Hop on that operating table. Gaffer tape your hands to the to the to the trolley and say, Lord Jesus Christ, cut me open. Cut out every unbelief. Cut out every doctrine of demon. I repent. I, I repent of believing anything that did not come out of your face. I want to be blown to pieces by the glory that comes out of your face. I'm not going to ask you to cover your face like Moses. I want to be burned by the fire of the Holy Spirit because Jesus, you baptize in fire and I love you. And I want to be burned now. I don't want to be burned on Judgment Day. I don't want to be burned when, <clears throat> when, when what I've been building is tested by fire. I want you to burn me now, test me now, so that I can actually be effective. Because I tell you something about a king and his kingdom is that he wants territory. A kingdom wants to expand. A kingdom wants manifestation. If a king sees you doing something that you're good at, he will he will hire you, he will reward you. But if you go to a king with nothing to offer, you are in danger of losing your head. This is how Jesus is. This is how a kingdom is. A kingdom expects a return on investment. A kingdom is interested in total control. Total control and world domination. That's why the Bible says, I will fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. Fill the earth, 100%, with the knowledge of the glory of God, 100% ownership, 100% total dominion. And then he says, he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Okay? I, I, I want to pour out my spirit on the cows and on the donkeys and on the chickens because that's what it says all flesh I want to own everything that's why there's such a contention about land there is such a contention about land even a donkey spoke it you see some of you are so religious you cannot receive the kingdom of God did not a donkey speak did not the Holy Spirit move on a donkey to speak are you going to tell God that he's a limited God? He can do whatever he wants. He can pour out his spirit on concrete if he wants to. How dare you? How dare you, man, tell God what he can and can't do? So stop it. Yeah, I'm slapping you in the name of Jesus Christ to repent. You are so religious 
I'm not angry at you. I'm speaking on behalf of my father. I'm speaking as an ambassador, and this is how somebody who's under authority speaks. They speak with the authority of the one that they are submitted to. So thank you so much for listening, guys. You're doing really well. Don't worry about the circumstances around you. It's laughable that the devil thinks he's <laughs> the devil thinks he's winning. You know, the, yeah, he's winning in the sense that people are distracted, but God is laughing because it's just hilarious. It's like a two-year-old throwing their food at their parents or something because they didn't want to eat it. It's just a it's it's a joke. It's a joke. God is is sitting on his throne. His throne is righteousness and just judgment. It's established forever. His kingdom will never end. Period. We are to invite people to join in that kingdom because if they don't, they will be lost forever. There is only one way to to survive the coming generation. Yeah, there's going to be deception, distraction. And as I said, don't even look at the news. But listen to the kingdom of God. That's the good news. And to preach. Preach the kingdom of God. And you and I have got to tell people. It's like, get, I, I swear to God. It's like, we are Noah. I'm screaming at the door to the ark saying, hop on the boat, guys. Hop on the ship. It's about to rain. There's going to be a sudden rain. A shocking rain. There's going to be a moment where where if you're not standing with one foot in the boat, you're not going to make it. Can't. There's going to be no time to run. What I'm saying is the kingdom is that boat. The church is that boat. I love the church. I just don't want to go to a church that doesn't believe in God. I don't want to go to a religious church that has no idea what Jesus was talking about. <laughs> Run for your life. Paul said, don't even associate with a believer who is sexually immoral. I went to the same church for 25 years until they forgot what a sin is. You are responsible for people in your church. You've got to tell them the truth. It's not safe to go where there is no law. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So thank you guys. If you're still listening, I love you. You're amazing. I, I'm not trying to be difficult to you. I am... I am screaming, you know, in a in love to to be saved. Each one of us. Jesus said to me the other day. I mean, he loves me. He says beautiful things. I write it down. You know, biblical things. But he said to me the other day, if you remain to the end, you will be saved. I mean, that's for every one of us. None of us can relax in that sense. We will all be held accountable for everything we've done for what we've been given we have we have got to remain who knows what's coming next who knows what what distraction temptation you know is is around the corner we've got to be like i just mentioned in the ark 
We've got to be in that Ark of the Covenant, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the Word of God. We cannot, we cannot be lukewarm. We cannot be asleep. We've got to stay awake. We've got to pray. We've got to be ready. Jesus said that, and and that's my last message to, for today. Is the doctrine of imminent return. Jesus Christ clearly said that he can come back at any moment without warning. That means that there is no eschatology when it comes to the return of Christ. Only God knows when he's going to come back. What I'm saying is the, the it doesn't matter. Is he relevant? Jesus would probably tell you to focus on two things. To focus on preaching the gospel of the kingdom because that's when he said he would come back he said when when this gospel is preached to the ends of the world then i'm going to come back so why don't why don't we do that instead of wasting our time studying the old testament because i believe jesus said that the law and the prophets ended with john the baptist in other words everything from genesis to malachi has already been fulfilled in the coming of Christ. And there's a new chapter. And it's it's being written by you. I believe Jesus would say that if he had a lectern, if he had a pulpit, he would say, guys, you've missed it. You've missed it. I have come. My kingdom has come. Everything that I did up until John the Baptist was for the purpose of me being born. And from that moment, you and I are the living letter. You and I are the ones that are writing the Bible, but not in pen. We're writing the Bible in our life. He's coming back so quickly. I think he wanted to come back thousands of years ago. But we we sucked at, at the one thing that he talked about. We have yet to begin. I'm serious. We have yet to begin preaching the kingdom. Hallelujah. That's where we are. We have not, we have 0% achieved our, our commission. Our commission was not to preach Christianity. Our commission was not to preach Jesus. Honestly, read the Bible. Our commission is to preach the kingdom. Jesus said, be born again. Jesus didn't even tell people about himself. He went around doing good healing all who were sick. And then they didn't know who healed them most of the time. Do you understand? So I'm not diminishing our king. Don't, don't, as I said, you are so religious. You're so religious you can't see what's right in front of you. It's the kingdom. Yes, Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is is owner. That's what it means. If you say Jesus Christ is Lord, it's not some religion. You know, anyone can say that. There's no, there's nothing stopping an unbeliever reading those words off a page. What it means is Jesus is a man. Jesus was a man. Jesus was a hundred percent flesh. Okay, hundred percent flesh. Christ was 100% God, 100% God, and Lord is 100% owner. 
what 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 Paul was saying is unless you are purchased by the Holy Spirit a slave a property I am property of the Holy Spirit then you cannot say that the man Jesus who is the Christ owns you how do I know that Christ owns you because you live like him because you died to yourself because you walk as Jesus walked John said that no one can say Jesus Christ is Lord except by the Spirit of God he said if you claim to to be to believe in him then you will be like him there is a very high expectation of the sons of God there is a very high expectation in Scripture of the of those who are born again of the kingdom. That expectation is that you would look like Jesus Christ, which gets me exactly back to the beginning. It's in Him that we live and move and have our being. And everything that I've ever said and ever will say is to make this one point. You are meant to be like God, and the only hope of ever being like God is to get out of the way so that the Spirit who is Jesus Christ, would rise up in your belly and take over so that everybody around you, including all creation, would see God through your life. You are a vessel of honour, useful for the Master, but you've got to get your soul out of the way, your mind, will and emotions out of the way. What do you think Jesus means when he said, die to yourself? What is yourself to die? If you die to yourself, you're dying to your soul. He said, if you gain the whole world but forfeit your soul, what benefit is there? In other words, why don't you forfeit your soul for me and gain the whole world? It says that in Romans 8, all things are yours, things present and things to come. You will judge this world. And if you inherit God, you inherit everything. So guys that's been incredible today there is no more that i can say about the kingdom the kingdom is a real place the kingdom is a government it is a country it is a person the holy spirit is the kingdom the holy spirit is the kingdom the holy spirit is the kingdom that was promised the holy spirit is the kingdom that the israelite israelites are waiting for the Holy Spirit is the arrival of that kingdom that has been prophesied. The Holy Spirit is the container of the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is the kingdom and you, if you are a son of God, born of the Spirit of God, then you are the kingdom. You are the kingdom. You're the container of the kingdom. You're the kingdom. End of story. So guys... Begin at zero. Begin at at 33 AD and preach this simple kingdom message. You don't have to try. You don't have to try to preach the gospel of the kingdom. I'm telling you, you are the gospel of the kingdom. You are the living letter, Paul said. You are a witness. When people see you, you are exactly like Jesus Christ. How can you say that you're his body and say that you're not like him? You read Ephesians and you say, I I have the mind of Christ. I have the body of Christ. 
I drink the blood of Christ. I, you are what you eat, right? You are Jesus if you eat him. If you drink him. If you know him. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you really know him? Just allow that word to, to, to convict and correct. Angels come. Come. Move. Lean. Push. Ha <laughs> Oh, we give you permission. We give you permission to minister to those who will inherit salvation. Praise him. Praise Jesus Christ. King of kings and Lord of lords. We have got to begin at zero. Unfortunately, we have not preached the gospel of the kingdom yet. I, I know that's profound. We have never begun. We've not begun preaching the gospel of the kingdom as a global church. That's it. I'm serious. There are Christians on the earth. There are sons of God on the earth. There are people who believe. But our purpose is we are about 10% of the way to maturity. And, and this is maturity. God appoints some to be apostles and prophets. However, they are not in the church because the church is, is off track. So we've got to begin by, by establishing ourselves on a firm foundation of the kingdom. That is step one. We've got to understand the kingdom. Number two, we've got to identify the apostles and the prophets and the teachers and the evangelists. I'll tell you how you identify them. If they walk into your church, they will be destroying your church. If an apostle walks into your church, he's going to be th throwing the tables over. He's going to be pulling out a whip. If the prophet walks in, he's going to be offending people. If the teacher comes in, people are going to be cut to the heart. If a pastor comes in, he's going to say, get the heck out of this place. It's dangerous. He's going to say, this is not safe. I need to protect you from this church. And the evangelist won't even come because he's out preaching the kingdom. Do you understand? We've got to build the church from the ground up. And this is the secret. You begin in your home with a Bible study. You become a family. You share everything. You 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 become vulnerable to each other. You do life together. You totally disconnect from this world system. And you be yourself. Be yourself. Unapologetically be yourself. If you've got money, you pay for everything. No, Don't let anyone pay in the group. Pay, pay, pay their rent. Pay their mortgage. If you don't have money, don't worry. Let them pay for you. Just take... It's, it's not theirs anyway. 
It's yours. Their money's your money. In the book of Acts, they did not raise a building fund. The money that came in was distributed to the people. So then, once you've got your church in your home, you go out two by two and you preach the gospel of the kingdom. Then you baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and then you disciple them in the kingdom. Not in Christianity, churchianity, religion. Don't even use any books that have ever been written because we're so off. Just use the Passion Translation of the New Testament. And the Old Testament, whatever, translation's great. Oh, well, not, not, all, well, not all of them, but... And then what you do is, once you've got ten churches, you have a secret meeting. Okay? You don't put it on a website. You distribute the the celebration service to the to the connect group leaders. You got ten in your home, you got ten in another part of the city. You got ten of ten. <clears throat> and then somebody who has money will book an entire cinema or a hotel or a high school. Or you can meet in the in a park and you text them and you say, say Sunday morning, nine o'clock, we're gonna be at the Grand Hyatt and and you don't put it on you 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 only tell the people who are yours. Now You can invite anyone to your home. You should. When you have those family meetings, you should be inviting people over for dinner. Neighbours, friends. You know, if someone has cancer, invite them over. If someone has a relative with, with, with a, a suicidal girlfriend or whatever, tell them to come for dinner. Don't tell them to come to church. Just say, come for dinner. And show them the kingdom. And just shock them with the kingdom. And pray for them and lay hands on them. That's how your church grows. But then the celebration service, that is for that is for the church. That's for you and I to celebrate, to praise God. We don't want it infiltrated by witches and warlocks and by unbelievers. What I'm telling you is we've got to flip it upside down. You don't invite people to church on a Sunday. You invite people to your home seven days a week and you go out seven days a week. And on a Sunday, it's a secret meeting. I'm, I know this is shocking to you, but this is the method that the Holy Spirit gave me 20 years ago. It's probably not ideal, but it, it is the, it's a result of where we are. And it is a requirement to break a very bad habit that we would prefer, you know, Christianity the way we like it, the way that's comfortable to our mind and our level of offense. 
and rather than the kingdom. Now, I believe after 10 or 15 or 20 years of, of doing church underground, we will be able to come back up. But I'm excited for the persecution. I'm excited for the tri troubles and tribulation because it forms Christ in us. Jonathan, out. God bless you. I'm going to go now. Have a wonderful day. Bye for now. Hello, church. Welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I'm Jonathan, and today is a great update for everyone. And many of you who are listening are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. That's the reason that you're watching or listening to this podcast, because you want to know the truth, because there's part of you that, that knows that, that you are a spirit that you were made to never die and that there's something strangely wrong with this world. I had a wonderful conversation today with, with my mum and I just wanted to share that revelation with you this morning. And what the Spirit is saying to you today is that you are invited into life in the spirit this is god's plan for you it's not about what's happening in the world or in the media it's irrelevant the fulfillment of the old testament was in christ jesus he said that the law and the prophets were up until john the baptist so jesus fulfilled the law in other words the entire Bible up until John the Baptist was about the coming of the kingdom. The kingdom is what Jesus preached. John's message. John's message was about the kingdom. If you have a look at what John was preaching, he was preaching about the coming of the kingdom from Genesis to Malachi. From Genesis to John the Baptist, the coming of the kingdom. And then Jesus turns up on the scene saying, look, look, here is the kingdom. I cast out a demon and here is the kingdom. I raise the dead and here is evidence of a kingdom. The kingdom has come in Christ Jesus. The kingdom has come because the king has come. And... And the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of that prophecy. The Holy Spirit is on the earth. He's, he is boots on the ground in the form of the church of Jesus Christ. So we are the kingdom on the earth. We are also the body of Christ. We are also the church. But the kingdom is everything we need. We're not waiting for, for Joe Biden to be unelected. We're not waiting for you know, Edward Snowden to release some information. There is nothing to wait for because from the moment Christ appeared, from the moment the Pentecost church received the Holy Spirit, we have received everything. There's nothing to wait for. Jesus said it's finished. So, so he is inviting you and I into life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit is, is, is more than just believing in Christ, more than just 
being born again, praying in tongues, going to church. It's more. It's not religion. It's it's abundant life. It's it's dying to yourself and and not knowing where you're going. The Holy Spirit and those who are led by the Spirit are like the wind. Nobody knows where they're going. So so you pray in tongues, you go to church, you tithe, you preach the gospel, but you do what the Father is doing. You say what the Father is saying. You know, this whole world system is on a trajectory. I explained to my mum about the uh, current you know, world events from the perspective of, of God, really. The, the perspective of God is that man is fundamentally flawed, that we are lost, that without God there is no hope. Everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. So what extreme would you prefer? Would you prefer there to be no government? Would you prefer there to be no technology? Would you prefer there to be no social credit system, no Chinese Communist Party? no Joe Biden, if there was lawlessness, then we would be living in Mad Max. If there was no government, no technology, a solar flare takes out all technology, we would go back to the Stone Age. But do you really want that? Do you really want gangs to be ruling your suburb? Do you really want that? Because man is depraved. See, the problem isn't the government or China or the internet or any of these things. It's man. It's the heart of man. There is no solution. The solution has already come. His name's Jesus Christ. So we we've actually got to change our hearts. We've got to change our minds. We've got to weed out of us the wheat, the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. That's politics and religion. And we've got to communicate the kingdom to to each other and to one another. The church has been in a perpetual state of delay because the devil knows that. The moment that we fulfill the Great Commission, he is done. He wants the church to never mature, never grow up, to not know who they are so that he can continue to be the ruler of this world forever. He thinks that he can delay Christ's return. He tried to kill him. He tried to kill you know, Adam and Eve. He, tra- he, knew- he thought, wow, God said that they're going to die. So he thought that if he could get Adam and Eve to eat the fruit, that God would be forced to kill them and that the devil would then be the God of this world forever. That's what he was wanting to do. So he was utterly disappointed when the prophetic word came and the prophetic word and all prophetic words are only about the seed of the kingdom. He said, your seed, Eve, is going to crush the devil's head. He thought, oh no. So from that moment, the devil has been going after the, the seed. The seed of Eve is not just, you know, Cain and Abel. I mean, again, the devil tried to kill the seed. He, he got Cain to kill Abel. Do you get it? So Jesus said the same thing. He said, he said the thief comes to steal the seed. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And in the parable of the seed, Jesus said all the parables are about the seed. 
All the parables are about the kingdom. He said that the devil comes immediately to snatch it away. He tried to kill Moses. He tried to kill uh, Jesus. He tried to, you know, through Herod, all the babies under two years old. Do you understand that you are now that seed? The only container of the seed on earth is the church. If, you know, if you're preaching the kingdom, then you are the greatest threat on earth to the devil. He's not threatened by a religious Christianity, a Seventh-day Adventist, you know, Illuminati, you know, Scientology Christianity, or even an evangelical Christianity, which is only preaching that Jesus is standing at the door knocking and that you need to repent, you know, for your sins. That's part of it, but it's not the gospel of the kingdom. You see, it's this gospel of the kingdom that will be preached, and then the end will come. So the end of the devil is the fulfillment of the Great Commission, which is not just telling people about Jesus only, but also telling them about the kingdom. The kingdom is the only thing that will displace the devil. I don't know why people don't understand this. I don't know anyone who I've told who really understands what I'm saying. A kingdom casts out a kingdom. Okay, now you get it. That's good. So you, the solution is to put Jesus Christ, who is the seed of the kingdom, into people's hearts. And unfortunately, he's not going to be received by everyone. And even those who receive him, very few bear fruit. It's those who remain unto the end who are saved. It's with fear and trembling. You know, we, we work out our salvation. The seed fell on good soil and bad soil and shallow soil and rocky soil. So it is a a process for you and I to weed out of our minds the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod and the worries of the world. So life in the Spirit is somebody who receives the Word of God, which is the kingdom, who believes in the Word of God, which is Jesus, who bears fruit and who, who lives in the Spirit. They've disconnected completely from this world system. I didn't say you don't have money or a car or a house or kids or, or a wife. Jesus said, if you, if you follow me and, and leave these things, that you'll have a hundred times what was sown in this life. So you can have all of those. It's not about things. You've got to disconnect from this. You've got to understand. It's life in the spirit. It's life unlimited. It's abundant life and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I'm inviting you into that today and the Spirit is inviting you. And as you begin to live that way, you will see God. You will rejoice and be full of glory. You will walk as Jesus walked. You will live as Jesus lived. You will do greater works than he did. And you will find that angels 
will begin to partner with your ministry. They will be where you go. They will occupy the territories that God has sent you to. You see, God is wanting to bring order to to this world and to this life. He wants to bring order to your family. He wants to bring order to your finances, to your thinking, to your workplace. And if you would hand yourself over and follow him and live in the spirit, it's not in your mind, it's not in your flesh, it's not in your emotions, it's not in your will. It's when you you die to self and you follow him and he leads you and you do what he says when he says it you'll find that things will begin to come into order so it's not about it's not about ending the government or or, or protesting and all these things because at the end of the day it's irrelevant it doesn't matter because people will will choose God or reject God. But here's the truth. They'll choose you or reject you. Jesus said, if they reject you, they've rejected me. If they rejected me, then they've rejected the Father. If they don't have me, then they don't have the Father. So wherever you go, are you accepted? There's a battle, a demonic battle, wherever you go. Because if people accept you, you are the door. You are the gate. You are the truth and the way for people to find God because you are carrying the seed of the kingdom. No wonder there's such a battle. No wonder you experience such a battle in your mind, in your emotions, through people because the devil, like he went after Adam and Eve, like he went after Cain and Abel, like he went after Moses and Jesus and Israel, he's always trying to diminish what God is doing through the seed. The seed of the kingdom is the word of God. And you and I are carrying that word. You and I are carrying that seed. The devil is so afraid right now. He's trying to keep people locked down, sedated through medication, through, through mind control, through the media, through medication, through fluoride, through masks and gagging and mandates and surveillance and suppression. Ah, oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But the word of God is not chained. 